Every company that's kind of growing and has like five to 10 employees is like really looking for people that know exactly what you know how to do. Hey, podcast listener, you're about to discover insider tips, tricks, and secrets to making more sales and converting more prospects into customers with email marketing. For more information about the email marketing podcast or the autoresponder guy, go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast. Hey, everybody. We're back with another edition of the podcast. I'm David Allen, and we've got a really special guest on the show for you today. Uh, from what I know, he's just sold his controlling interest in a big supplement company. Justin Goff, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. I saw that post this morning, I think, so I don't know how uh, recent that is, uh, but it sounds like you sold your, your interest in, a, in a more than a $20 million company. Yeah, uh, we were 23 million in 2016. Uh, me and my partners just worked out a deal last Friday. So, a couple oh days wow! Ago, Congratulations! I'm officially unemployed now, <laughs> and unemployable per too, I'm sure. Uh, well, that, that's always <laughs> the case. Uh, so maybe for people who don't know much about you, uh, let's sort of start with your superhero origin story. Where did you come from and how did you get to the point where you uh, were selling your, your interest in such a big company? Yeah, so uh, lots of twists and turns along the way. Um, I started making websites online in college, mostly because I had a $1,000 gambling debt. Um, <laughs> and I needed to make back a bunch of money. As That's a good reason, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it went okay. I, I kind of got the first taste of making money and making sales online, which was great. Um, kind of my big turning point was 2010 though. Um, I basically was doing some client work. I was doing freelance copywriting, more just skating by than anything. Um, I'd been sitting on this project I was working on for a while, which was a, uh, health offer kind of focused on like the paleo diet. And this was kind of before paleo got as big as it is now. Um, and I had everything ready. I had the site up, I had the copy written, the BSL, um, and I, I was, I, like I said, I was really just sitting on it procrastinating. Um, and then around this time, I basically had what I call the three days from hell <laughs> <laughs> over the span of three days, my biggest consulting client that made up about 90% of my income fired me. I actually didn't fire me, but he was moving on to a different business. So it just didn't have any need for me anymore. Right. Uh, so anyways, I got let go, lost most of my income there. My girlfriend that I had been dating for three years at the time and I was living with came home from work one night, said she was breaking up with me. And wow, that same night, uh, <laughs> so I grew up like right near, right near Cleveland and uh, I'm a huge Cleveland sports fan. And this was the same night that um, LeBron James went on TV and said he was leaving <laughs> Cleveland. Uh, wow, got, three for three. Yeah, got my heart broken twice in one night and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> lost all my income. So basically the three days from hell. Um, but on a good note, it did spur me into, uh, into action. Um, so like I said, I was sitting on this project. Uh, basically I was depressed and sitting in this apartment by myself with my dogs for two months after that and doing nothing but trying to make this offer work. I literally had maybe a month, maybe two months worth of money left. Right. Um, I was seriously contemplating, um, moving back in with my parents for a, a good amount of time until I got back on my feet. I was thinking about going and getting a real job. I, I was honestly in a really bad spot. I, mm -hmm. I was really doubting whether or not I actually had what it took to do this. Um, wow. That's kind of what I, I started playing around with Facebook ads. I started running some traffic to our offer. 
did a bunch of testing, uh, was seeing slow improvements, which was really cool. And then finally, after a while, I got it to the point where it was breaking even. And when it was breaking even, I was like, well, it can't be that much harder to get this to like make like $100 a day. And, then, and that kind of happened over probably about, I don't know, two to three weeks where it went from breaking even to making 100 bucks a day. And then once it was making 100 a day, I started to realize I'm like, well, it's really not that much more work if I could get it to $500 a day. Um, <laughs> and really, that's all it was. It was improving the ads. It was improving the click-through rate. It was improving uh, the sales copy and the upsells. And before I knew it, I was spending $5,000 a day on uh, Facebook. Wow. And basically, from the moment when everything kind of fell apart to kind of turn this all around, um, I ended up making about hundred grand in profit in about three months. And that kind of gave me the kind of gave me the confidence, gave me the reassurance that this was the right thing. I knew what I was doing, and also obviously gave me the money to kind of go after what I really wanted. Right now, at that point where you were, you know, you suffered this three days of hell, which <laughs> sounds which sounds terrible, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, you know, you're, you said you were procrastinating on putting this offer up and stuff. Well, that was that were those things at the time that were sort of plaguing your life in general. Like you were, you didn't, uh, you didn't finish things. You, you know, you were putting it off, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I'm very much the uh, typical like quick starter, not good with follow through type thing. Right. Um, yeah, I, I would definitely just kind of settle into a pattern and be like. Kind of just get comfortable with what I was doing. That was a big problem for me back then. But I mean, like I said, it kind of motivated me to turn things around. And then my business wound up running for about a year. Okay. Uh, my partner in it wanted to go out and do something else on his own. So that business kind of fell apart. But like I said, I, I had enough money that I started the supplement company with that. The supplement company, I, I started with myself. And then I had one other partner at the time. And then uh, he left... Uh, about a year after that. And then my current partners came aboard and we scaled that supplement company from $1.5 million in sales in the first year to about 6.5 in the second and about 23 million in the third. Wow. Yeah, that was 23 million is what we did in 2016. And I just sold my interest in that company Friday. So right. I'm here talking to you about hiring copywriters. <laughs> So that 1.5 million in the first year, so that took off pretty fast anyways, like when you started the supplement company. Yeah. I mean, what I was always good at, and I know I'm very good at is making sales and getting a front end offer that brings in customers. I'm very good at that. Um, the one reason I partnered with uh, my partners that I helped scale it was they were very good at the infrastructure side. Okay. Um, it took me a while to realize that I had no interest in building out infrastructure and hiring employees, all the stuff that really matters for scaling. Right. I mean, you can take these companies pretty small and go to like a million, two million, three million with very, very few employees, very few infrastructure, but if you kind of do it right, mm -hmm. but you're never going to build like a 10, 20, $30 million company with like an assistant and a customer service person. That That's really where the structure and the infrastructure and, basically everything operations wise comes in. Um, but yeah, so my, my focus has always been on acquiring customers, the upsell funnels, writing the copy, uh, creating new products that I think our customers are going to like that kind of stuff. 
Right. That's awesome. So you went from a single yourself being the single, you know, employee, quote unquote. And when you sold your control, you know, sold your interest on Friday, how many employees did you guys have? Um, so we were sharing employees between this company and then another company that they own in the survival space. Okay. Um, I couldn't tell you exactly, but it was somewhere around 70. Okay. Wow. So that's a decent sized company. Yep. Well, awesome. So now here you are here. Uh, now you said you started basically as a freelance copywriter and what, before you got this paleo thing off the ground and then this supplement business, you were taking on clients and stuff, I presume. And what was that like back then? Um, I mean, there's ups and downs to client work. Um, when you don't have clients or when you're like stuck in a regular job, the thought of having the freedom of being able to pick and choose clients that you want to work with and working on your own time is like the greatest thing ever. Right. Um, and I totally understand that. And then you talk to a copywriter who's been doing it for 10 years and they absolutely fucking hate their clients <laughs> they stand working with clients and they're so sick of chasing clients and getting them to implement stuff. And I totally see both ways of it because I've done both. And then, like I said, we're on the other side for, Right. A year as well, where I was writing a ton of copy, and then we were also hiring very good copywriters. So I mean, I see it from both ways. There's a lot of upside and a lot of downside to uh, to working with clients. Yeah, it seems to be the case. Like when I got into copywriting, sort of the first first stuff I was exposed to was like the Gary Halbert, John Carlton stuff, and that seemed to be like the recurring theme because, of course, they've been doing it for decades. Was that the you know they hated their clients all, all clients suck and and you know being you should be a dick if you're going to be a consultant all that kind of stuff and I you know having done it myself now I I, I can see why they would say that I've not been anywhere near uh, as successful or as uh, the longevity of them but I've certainly encountered enough ridiculous situations where I've just been like oh. I see why they're talking about that. But I can also see that, you know, I've never had to hire a copywriter, but having uh, interviewed many copywriters now and having many friends who are copywriters, I can certainly see uh, the sort of constant stuff that you hear about copywriters when you're, when you're talking to, you know, other copywriters and about the industry. You sort of hear these things that recur about, you know, people missing deadlines and, and uh, just sort of bad things that the copywriters do to clients that piss them off. And you can speak to both of those things. Now, when you were a copywriter, what uh, I mean, you were hard and fast on deadlines. You were you were uh, you know good at that end of things, or were you just as same as some of the other people? Yeah, I mean, I was just as faulty as everyone else when I was a copywriter. That was more when I was a freelance writer. Um, right. When I was writing my own stuff, um, actually, even when I was writing my own stuff, I was still probably a month behind on a lot of stuff. Right. Um, I can tell you from the standpoint of the person hiring the copywriters, meeting deadlines is a huge one. It's amazing how quick you will set yourself apart from everyone else by simply meeting deadlines. Um, and some of the things, so we talked a little about a little bit in the uh, Facebook post that I posted. Um, a lot of copywriters, it's amazing for how good copywriters are at persuasion. They tend to be really terrible at trying to get clients. Um, it is an interesting curiosity, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, a lot of them, I, I think most copywriters go about it the wrong way. Uh, a lot of them are doing like very shotgun approach type stuff, uh, email, cold emailing people. And I mean, really like, I see this all the time when we're at masterminds, like the smart copywriters I know mm -hmm. will kind of do anything they can do to get into a, a good mastermind. And then they're in a mastermind with 10 people that are able to hire them. 
And those 10 people in the mastermind are all like usually very smart direct marketers. Like they're the type of clients you want. They're the people who actually implement and who understand exactly what you're doing, but they don't want to do it themselves. So like they'll give you free reign to do everything. Right. Um, I mean, the, the worst kind of client is someone who doesn't understand our kind of marketing. And you mm-hmm. got to sit there and try to convince them that long copy is better than short copy. And that this <laughs> kind of high pressure sales type sales page is going to do. I mean, that's just a nightmare. Yeah. Um, you want to be working with people who already understand exactly what you're going to do and understand the value of what you're going to do. Because I mean, companies that really understand that, like we would pay high end copywriters a lot of money. I mean, anybody that's going to work with the top A list copywriters, they have no problem shelling out a bunch of money because they know if they hit a home run, we're, right. we're going to make millions and millions of dollars from it. So, I mean, kind of, I mean, that, that's really one of the first things that A, finding the clients that actually understand what you bring to the table. Now, I saw one of your Facebook posts where you talked about being at uh, traffic and conversions because you guys had some sort of mastermind there. Yep. And you were talking to, uh, you know, other business owners, other product owners, and they were lamenting. Uh, kind of what you're just saying, which is like maybe they don't have the wherewithal to work with the David Deutsches of the world, but they're sort of looking for that. I hate to use the term, you know, middle grade. I would be referring to myself probably <laughs> as middle grade if I did. <laughs> There's my ego getting in the way, Justin. But, <laughs> you know, but looking for sort of that, uh, the, the, the step below the absolute zenith, let's say. Right. Uh, uh, copywriters, you know, in sort of that, you know, $10,000 range, whatever you want to say. You know, and you were sort of saying that people were looking for that because they sort of dealt with the 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 dregs and yeah. haven't haven't got any response. They're looking for those middle person, but they're also looking for people who can handle a lot of the other aspects of copy, not just the writing the copy, but maybe go into more about that. What what are they looking for? Yeah, so I mean that's kind of two separate issues, but to me right now, I really believe the biggest opportunity for copywriters is learning how to do everything else around an offer and not just the copy. So structuring the upsells and writing the upsells obviously a huge part of that doing kind of back-end stuff like almost all these businesses now run daily emails um, knowing how to do the daily emails and building like a personality and a following around the customers that type of stuff and pretty much everything with coming up with new products and like pricing and how to position the offer i mean you'd be amazed at how many just from that Facebook post, how many high level copywriters actually reached out to me and were like, man, that hit me over the head, like a ton of bricks. Like I realize I'm really good at writing copy, but I don't know shit about any of the other stuff you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, it's true because if you're not, if you're really not like you're, you're a client essentially, I mean, because you had a business of your own, your supplement company, you sort of had to take a part in all those different procedures. So for you, it was like on the job, learning, but for most people who aren't involved in an actual business who are just like a freelancer, then that probably came as a big surprise. Yeah. And I mean, that's really what a lot of people are looking for. So it's one thing I would suggest too, to, to kind of, if you don't want to keep looking for new clients out there. So one of my friends actually is a pretty good up and coming copywriter. Um, he's honestly just kind of learned in the last, I would say two years or so. Okay. But he knows how to do copy. He knows how to do funnel stuff. He understands all the backend marketing type stuff. And he just left the current company he was with. And he was kind of worried that he didn't know what he's going to do next. And I'm just like, dude, you have so many skills that anybody would hire you for. Like every company that's kind of growing and has like five to 10 employees is like really looking for people that know exactly what you know how to do. 
And I actually, at Traffic Conversion, that person and another person I know who's doing similar stuff, who is a really good copywriter, I put both of them, introed both of them into uh, a role with basically being the marketing person for one company where they're going to get a really good payment plus performance bonuses plus they still keep all their freedom. So, I mean, that's another option for a lot of people. Um, You're not hunting for clients. Um, And I know just like me, for a lot of copywriters, it's keeping the freedom is such a huge part of it. So um, if you could work from home, keep the freedom, get paid a pretty high six-figure salary, and then get performance bonuses on top of it, I mean, that's, that's a pretty good gig for a lot of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you could afford that coaching. (laughs) (laughs) now now uh when it comes to upsells because you've written all the copy for your you know most of a lot of it anyways for your supplement company and for your paleo company before that uh maybe talk about upselling because this is something that i get annoyed when i go into places even like restaurants or you know any kind of store really and i don't get upsold something (laughs) uh as a copywriter i guess that's maybe part of being a copywriter i guess it kind of annoys me because i think to myself goddamn business owner will be pissed if we knew this but uh maybe talk about that because you've obviously had to structure a lot of your own offers and your own upsell uh, funnels and so forth so maybe get into that a bit so we can educate people a bit about what that's about yeah so if you're going to make an offer the front end especially to get new customers um the upsells are absolutely crucial um it's pretty much where all the money is made for most offers and upsells they they are kind of a different beast there's a lot that goes into them in forms of so like formatting so whether you want to do just text or you want to do text and video or you want to do just a vsl um all of that matters the offer for upsells is one thing that pretty much and the problem with upsells is it's very hard to test unless you have a lot of traffic. Right. Um, so most people don't ever really do any testing and hence they leave tons and tons of money on the table. So, I mean, if you could really just get like your first, for, I always recommend just focusing entirely on the first upsell. That's pretty much where about 80% of the money is made in right. terms of upsells. That's like an 80, 20 little principle there. Yep. So, and I mean the best, the best rule of thumb for the first upsell, and th- this is kind of a huge important point. Chris Haddad taught this to me about two years ago, and it was kind of a breakthrough moment for me. Okay. Your first upsell, the best thing to sell them is more of what you just sold them. Right. So that on the surface, it seems kind of like not right because, well, they just bought that. Why the hell? Right. <laughs> but it's precisely because they bought that that is. Exactly. So like my friend, Mike Geary has a um, paleo cookbook offer that's doing really, really well right now. He gives the first cookbook away as a free plus shipping offer for like five bucks. And then the first upsell is four more paleo cookbooks. Like I said, like logic would kind of dictate, well, sell them something else, sell them like a workout program that's kind of like related or sell them like a diet guide or something. But the fact that you have a cookbook buyer Mm-hmm. The idea is to sell them more cookbooks. That's what they buy. <laughs> uh, it sounds stupid to even say it, doesn't it? But it's funny. right. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it took me so long to realize that. And then once Chris said it, I was like, oh, shit. I mean, it makes so much sense, too, though, when you think about like direct mail. If you're selling a weight loss product, the best buyers for weight loss products are somebody who bought a weight loss product <laughs> in the last 30 days. <laughs> like, it's crazy, but it's, it's so true. Yeah. And people, people really tend to forget that. And I mean, so 
people put tons and tons of time into selling upsell or into like what they're going to put in their upsell, uh, which product should we use? That is without a doubt the easiest thing is to sell them something that is literally almost the exact same as what they just bought. So if you did like a course on uh, like a dating thing, like how to pick up women, the first upsell could be something like volume two of it or an expanded edition of it with videos and audios and more stuff. So, I mean, really it's selling them exactly what you just sold. It's almost like the McDonald's supersize me kind of idea. Right. Yeah. Which is, they are selling you more of what you just bought. Now, when it comes to the pricing of things in regards to the upselling, what have you found in terms of, because I know you test, so uh, you're a good person to speak with when it comes to these things. In terms of like, uh, you know, how much of an upsell is it? Is it a big jump in price? Is it, you know, so forth. Yeah. Um, so we've seen between stuff I've worked on and between stuff I've consulted with other people, mm-hmm. um, I think most people tend to probably price their upsells too low. Okay. You can really jump pretty high. I mean, I've seen a lot of free plus shipping offers where you're giving away something for free and then you can easily sell them something that's over a hundred dollars on the first upsell right. and get 15 to 20% of the people to take it. Um, and so, I mean, one other thing kind of with pricing is a lot of people make this mistake is that they'll kind of look at just the conversion rate on the upsells. And I mean, really what you want is which, upsell actually adds the most money to your average order value. So if something is priced at, I don't know, a hundred bucks and 10% are taking it, and then you got something priced at 20 bucks and 25% are taking it. Right. You obviously want to do the higher priced one. Right. Um, Cause it's adding more cart value. But I mean, a lot of people, even smart people will get this wrong and just t- use the one that's getting the highest take rate. Um, so yeah, I mean, pricing, I would always kind of, push the boundaries a little on pricing and, and probably you definitely wanted to be higher priced than what you first offered them. Whatever the original product was definitely higher priced than that. So yeah, I, I would say put, you can push the boundaries more than you, than you really think. Right. Yeah. No, that's good. That's good advice. That's interesting. I always find that. I think you're right too. I think some people try to sell them. It, it, they, they waste some time. I've seen people waste time trying to stair step it in like these small increments and you can make bigger jumps. And I know some other marketers are, are testing some interesting things in that regard. But uh, when it comes to, you know, uh, for you or, or the sort of the, the entire funnel sequence that you guys had going, you know, you, you had that upsell, what sort of, and then did you cross sell people on stuff as well or how did it work? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> we mainly focused on two upsells and then um, we did a lot of thank you page offers as well. Okay. Um, I've consulted with a couple clients and helped them on thank you page. This is kind of one of the thank you page offers are one of those like hidden areas mm-hmm. where you can, you can find some really good money. So you can add like one time offers on the thank you page. Um, and you'd be amazed at how many people will add stuff to their cart on the thank you page. Even if you've already offered it in an upsell. <laughs> right, right. So it's like a redundant uh, off, you know, offer almost, but yep. they'll take it on the thank you page. Whereas before they didn't. Yep. And I mean, you can do that, uh, with like a one click upsell type thing. And if you mm-hmm. want to do the super lazy man edition, just <laughs> promote, put a couple of banners down at the bottom of your thank you page for, uh, affiliate offers. 
I mean, that kind of stuff, you'd be shocked at how much money it can add, especially, especially if you're bringing in a lot of customers. That's that's great advice. Great advice. I know we had uh, Terry Dean on the show a while ago, and he talked a lot about the, the thank you page offering something right after people opted in, even to their email list for just, you know, uh, customer, you know, uh, yep. in, info collection. Uh, so for copywriters out there, now, when you were a freelance copywriter, did you endeavor to ever get into selling your own copywriting products, uh, writing books about copy or taking any of those things, or you just got caught up in your own businesses? Yeah, no, I, I never got into any of that. Um, I was mas- mostly writing my own copy. I did a little bit of consulting, but, uh, it was pretty much all focused on getting clients, writing copy for clients and all that. Right. Now for people who are endeavoring to learn more about, you know, the stuff that, that they don't know, uh, if you're going to advise, you know, me or whoever it is that's out there that maybe doesn't know all the different aspects, uh, you know, what sort of resources would you recommend for people looking to learn more about this peripheral stuff, which is actually more important in many cases than the copy? <laughs> I've actually had a lot of people reach out to me and ask this. <laughs> I, I keep trying to figure out like, where a good source would be for this. Um, I haven't come up with one specifically. Right. But I would say, um, A, studying the actual funnels of offers that are working. So go into the health niche, go into the financial niche. Um, Those type of offers are all over. You'll find them all over like uh, Taboola. Those are the little ads that are at the bottom of a lot of like news websites and stuff. Right. Um, Those type of things, you'll find those products. and the simplest way to figure it out is spend 39 bucks, buy the supplement, go through the whole funnel and write everything down that they're doing. Not just process wise, but like look at the copy. Is it a video? Are they doing a long form sales page? Are they, um, how are they pitching the upsell? All that kind of stuff that, I mean, that's your best education. If you really want to do that, go find five products and do that. Spend 200 bucks find five products and figure out exactly what they're doing on their upsells. Um, you, you'll see a bunch of similarities. Uh, obviously anything that's a similarity means it's working for all of them. So write that down. Right. Um, you'll probably see a few differences, but there'll be a lot of stuff that's similar. Um, one course that really kind of helped me with a lot of this was, uh, Dan Kennedy has this really, I think it's pretty old. It's called the backend JV course. Right. Is that the one with, uh, Jeff? Yeah, I think Jeff Paul is on it. Right, right. Um, just a really, really good in-depth. I mean, this is pretty high-level advanced, advanced direct marketing type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, everything he just kind of talks about in there with backend and upsells and just throws out idea after idea for I don't know nine CDs worth. Right. Um, <laughs> But if you really kind of want to get an idea as to how backend and everything after the initial sale is made, how it works, it's a great course for that. Well, I think uh, you've given us a lot to think about. You've certainly uh, interesting to hear your story and sort of the, the different things you've gone through in your uh, in your career so far. It looks like you're uh, you're headed in a new direction. I am. So not really sure what's next. So yeah, I'm gonna take a couple of weeks. I'm forcing myself to take a couple of weeks off. <laughs> You're going to do some uh, uh, wakeboarding or something, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm a, <laughs> I have one of those, the entrepreneur personality where like three days without working, I was like itching to start doing something again. All right. <laughs> like, putting restraints on myself to not do anything for at least two or three weeks. <laughs> That's probably good. It sounds like you're, you're in need of a vacation. 
Yeah, we'll, we'll see how long it lasts. <laughs> so if people want to get in uh, get in touch with you, Justin, uh, what's the best way to do that? Um, right now it would be just Facebook, facebook.com slash Justin Goff. Okay. Um, I'll probably start posting a lot more business copywriting stuff there. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, if you want, want updates, check it out. Awesome. Well, I really want to thank you for coming on the show. I know your your life has been hectic, I'm sure, with this uh, the sale of this business and everything. And I'm happy you made time for our audience because I think you gave a lot of great ideas here today. Awesome, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, great. And for everybody else uh, listening, you know, go out and do what Justin says because uh, those are some of the best ideas we've uh, divulged on this podcast in regards to getting new clients. So go take action. Uh, obviously listening is good, but action is better. So we'll be back again with another edition of the podcast next week. And hopefully they'll be as half as entertaining and insightful as Justin. Hey everybody. Thanks for listening. If you want to discover more insider tips, tricks, and secrets about driving sales with email marketing, sign up for daily email tips from the autoresponder guy. Go to dropdeadcopy.com slash podcast, sign up, confirm your email address, and I'll send you daily emails on how to improve your email marketing and make more sales via email. You'll find out why open rates don't matter and the seven-letter word that underlies all effective marketing and much more. Oh,